Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome everyone to an emergency edition of the NBA podcast. We were not planning on recording prior to the trade deadline, but the Sacramento Kings had to do the most Kangs move of all time. They they have officially, finally traded DeMarcus Cousins, so we will be talking about all the implications there, uh, including what it means for Sacramento and New Orleans and some of the side effects from the deal. Uh, Before we get underway... Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod, and there you can find all three of our Twitter handles, so be sure to give us a follow as well. You can find us this year on iTunes, so we'd love it if you subscribe, download the episodes, leave us some reviews, we'd love any feedback. And we are also hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. We have Zach Harper with us for the end, through the end of the year. He's been writing great stuff. Uh, of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. <laughs> this might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip ice cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Uh, about All-Star Weekend and now the trade deadline, so check out all the great content at FanRag Sports. Joining me today to discuss this DeMarcus Cousins trade is none other than Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's uh, it's going well, Brian. I'm kind of puzzled by this trade. Uh, I am too, so let's get right into it. So uh, just, I mean, for those who have not seen the full details yet or who believed their timelines were lying to them on Sunday night when the trade details were announced. The Kings traded Cousins and Omri Caspi to the New Orleans Pelicans for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, uh, the Pelicans' 2007 first-round pick, which is top three protected, so if the Pelicans jump in the top three, they keep their pick, and then the 2017 second-round pick that New Orleans owned from Philadelphia. So, Mort, I mean, the the top question that we need to ask is just how badly did the Kings get fleeced here? Oh, so, so bad. Like, <laughs> you know, Omri Caspi was included, and you could make the argument that a fully healthy Omri Caspi is basically what you traded for in terms of the return. And then the Kings just decided to throw in DeMarcus Cousins because why not? <laughs> right. Like, that's, that's the value. Yeah. I mean... I have no idea how they did not wait until 
Thursday. Right. Like, I know that this was apparently the best offer that was on the table, mm-hmm. but then you don't pull the plug, or, or pull the trigger, I should say. You pull the plug and say, nope, not going to happen. We're going to wait on Thursday because m- some team, <coughs> Boston, might actually <laughs> get a little bit interested slash desperate if, you know, the Lakers might be desperate. Uh-huh. Um, but in- instead, they're just, like, picking the best option they had at this current moment and that seems ridiculous to me yeah i i think that is a very fair view of especially in terms of timeline i'm with you i don't know why you pull the trigger four days prior to the deadline when we all know that deadlines tend to force action and for you know force the best offers you often get lowballed a couple days before and then as desperation rises so do the offers um david aldridge of turner sports <laughs> reported that the Kings wanted the Pelicans to throw in their 2019 first-round pick, and the Pelicans said no. And then the Kings were like, oh, well, okay, we tried. <laughs> which <laughs> which is absurd. Like, the, the draft capital they got here, I mean, the fact that Pel- the Pelicans not only said no to that, but then we're also like, uh, also, we want our 2017 first-round pick. We want top three protection there. So if we hit the lottery, yeah. like, <laughs> we, we're going to, we still have a chance to have Boogie, Brow, Drew Holiday, plus a top three pick. Whereas the Kings, like, the the most upside they have now is, you know, the Pelicans, maybe Boogie and Brow completely implode. The Pelicans fall to, like, what, number 10 in the lottery? Like, there's not much. You're, you're basically getting a mid-first-round pick. Maybe, right. like, late lottery if the Pellies don't make the playoffs. But at this point, you know, they... they their playoff chances just took a huge jump forward. So I'm with you. Uh, I just can't believe that was the best offer for him. Like, you know, the chemistry concerns, uh, you know, have been an issue for a while and teams are hesitant to bring him on for that reason. But like, you're telling me Boston in particular, like, isn't Jalen Brown on his own better than everything that the Kings just got? Just one Brooklyn pick would have been better than what they got. Yeah, it's just. It's, I mean, uh, and, and it's and it's boogie like under Brad Stevens. Hell, hell's yeah, I take that option. Yeah, uh, or I take that. I, I make that choice. Yeah, uh, obviously, I, I don't. I, there is no logic to to this trade in terms for the Kings. I, I love the fact that New Orleans, a team that is. I want to say in the bottom five of the league in terms of trade assets mm-hmm. could get the best center in the league. It's unreal. That's that's just like I mean they were strapped for assets. Yeah, they were just they had nothing, and they just got the best center in the league. Right. It looked like Dell Demps was going to get fired this summer. You know because they really just didn't have a way to tangibly improve their roster, especially once you mm. re-sign Drew Holiday. Uh, so it looked like you know the the whole concern is like. Is Anthony Davis just going to waste his entire prime playing for a lottery-bound team or, like, a 35-40 win team? You know, suddenly, with, you know, DeMarcus is there. He signed through uh, the 2017-18 season. Um, So they have at least a year and a half with him now. Uh, He has less uh, less incentive to sign an extension, which we will touch on later. But even still, this is not like, you know, it's not like the Ibaka trade in Toronto where Ibaka could be a two month rental. Like Boogie signed for an entire year after this. So it's just, 
unreal value for the Pelicans. Good job from Dell Demps. It's like all those bad trade proposals you see on Twitter, and then you're always like, oh, no way. No way a team would do that. The yeah. Sacramento Kings yeah. just proved there is value in just throwing just your worst offer against the wall and seeing if a team will just, in a moment of weakness, accept it. So we, you know, we could rail on the Kings all day for this value, but I do want to touch on a lot of the other uh, components of this trade. So, uh, you know, I want to focus on the Pelicans now because I think they're going to be really fun with Boogie and Brow. Um, you know, they, they could make a late run toward the playoffs, or even if not, we still have the entire you know 2017-18 season to see how they mesh together. So how do you see that fit working out on the court? The fact that Anthony Davis um, has begun shooting the three ball, he's not hitting him at a big clip, but he is like capable from out there. You've got to guard him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Bookie has actually turned into a pretty terrific, very underrated three-point shooter, mm-hmm. that means you probably won't have the same uh, collapse down low. So, you know, you won't necessarily clock things up. You would create driving lanes. Now you would need a slasher, though. I wonder if Drew Holiday could take on that role. Uh, yeah. I have a feeling that he could benefit greatly from having those two guys out there, especially in, in a spread pick and roll situation. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, but I, I also like the fact that you have a bully now down there because mm-hmm. as much as I love Anthony Davis, he, he's, he is fairly thin and he is a finesse player. And, and when he went down there and really had to take the punishment, you could just sense it. So I think this kind of removes the injury concern with him a little bit yeah. because now you have cousins you can throw down there and he'll just pound on people. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really digging the lineup. I know a lot of people have been like, nah, you know, I don't really know. I don't care. It's the best power forward and the best center. Like, they'll make it work somehow. Right. And if it's not with Alvin Gentry, then you fire Alvin Gentry and get a coach Definitely. who can make it work. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. not married to the system. You know, he's got two months to prove that he can figure out ways to use them together. But, like, <laughs> I, you know, they might there might be some hesitation from some coaches to say like, oh god, you know, Boogie has that coach killer reputation. So maybe you know, not <laughs> the the, kid, the Pellies don't have like thirty resumes on their desk if they do fire Gentry, but, you know, I'm sure that some coach would love, you know, there, I forget who, uh, I think it was maybe Bill Simmons who tweeted last night, like, who's going to start the Calipari to the Pelicans rumor? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, two, two, uh, two Kentucky guys, so who knows? But I'm with you. I, I think uh, especially, you know, the Pelicans, uh, for the last two weeks, it sounds like, have been sniffing around to try to find a center to spare uh, the brow from that kind of pounding every night. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you can't... Jalil. They were looking at Jalil, right? Right, exactly. And uh, let's not talk about that, because then all these leaked reports came out after this trade that were like, they were this close to trading for Jalil. They offered, like, almost the same package. Which turned out, which turned out <laughs> to be not so true. Ridiculous. No, yeah, they apparently Ramona Shelburne said they were like trying to put top twenty protection on their pick or oh, something. Okay. Yeah, which is you know what that's that's fine. <laughs> if Colangelo wasn't going to let them do that, I understand. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't really ask for a better, at least offensively, a better compliment to Anthony Davis than DeMarcus Cousins, who you know was putting up nearly 28 points a game and as you mentioned he's a vastly improved 
three-point shooter. He's shooting career-best 35% from three, averaging almost two a game, two makes a game. Yeah, two Um, makes. I mean, I'm really excited also. He's a great passer, Boogie is. Like, he's averaging almost five assists a game. So, like, you can run. How do you stop a Boogie Brow pick and roll? Right, because Boogie can actually handle the ball. Right. In, in like, yeah, that's actually very intriguing. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. You don't. You can't really do that because then, then you'd have to put like two big men in in the pick and roll defensively and they're that's not that's not their bread and butter who regardless of who they are. Right. Exactly. I mean that, they would feel out of place regardless. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I don't think I don't know that they're gonna run, you know, 30 boogie brow pick and rolls a game. I don't think that will be the bread and butter of their offense, but it is something that is going to be very hard to defend, especially with so many teams moving away from, uh, you know, big men, like, or having one big and then what we used to think of a three as their four now. Like, how, right. how are the Warriors going to defend two, you know, gigantic human beings who could do everything? Like, they have Draymond to stop one of them, but, like, JaVale McGee is going to be badly outmatched against the other one, or Zaza is going to be badly outmatched by the other one, and it's, you know, it's possible that the Warriors and Pelicans now meet in the first round of the playoffs, so not a great night for the Warriors. They, you know, I think they they would still feel confident in the seven-game series, but suddenly that's at least a little more even uh, because of the mismatch mm. potential. Uh, with Boogie and Brow. And I'm with you. I don't think it's like, you know, we're not going to see uh, a Jaleel Okafor, Joel Embiid kind of mismatch there. Like, I think they, both guys are versatile enough, uh, offensively and defensively, where if Alvin Gentry can maximize their talent together, it could work very well. That is an open question. So I want to ask you, what do you think now New Orleans should do to build around those guys? What types of players should they target? Well, first they need to figure out whether they're going to keep Drew Holiday or yeah. not mm-hmm. this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on the success rate of Drew uh, after DeMarcus has become integrated. Like, if he can run the offense, if he can get his shots, if, if things kind of work out for him, then sure, try to re-sign him um, you're, you, because you need talent now. Mm-hmm. Now you're really in dire need of additional talent. Uh, so, And that's probably their the easiest way of having a point guard is to re-sign Drew, I yeah. don't imagine like going out on the market and, and trying for someone else because that's just not realistic. Like, hey, Stephen Curry, <laughs> right? Going to happen, right. hey, Chris especially Paul. because of their cap situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Chris Paul. Oh, oh, you know what? That could have been. That could actually be fun. Like going back to New Orleans, right? Yeah. I so I forgot who I saw this on Twitter this morning. Someone like photoshopped a Players Tribune uh, picture of Chris Paul in a Pelicans uniform, and it was like my next challenge: playing on a minimum contract. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that actually would be amazing! Like, if you were willing to take a significant discount and just like throw lobs all day. Oh God, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a a way to extend your prime, play with Boogie and Brow for the next five years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so they need a slasher. They mm-hmm. really, really need a slasher. Mm-hmm. And I have an oddball idea. Okay. Uh, slightly, at least. Um, but here's the thing. He's probably going to opt into his contract because of his injury. And that was Rudy Gay. Oh. Like, so so that's the thing. If he, if he 
does not opt in. If uh-huh. he just opts out and becomes a free agent, and teams are like, okay, we know you have the 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 Achilles injury, we're willing to like wait a little bit, but you have to give us a discount. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I would I would probably be willing to roll the dice on that and wait like six months into the season for him to return, mm-hmm. and then see if he's got something left, and and of course make the contract you know in your favor, obviously. Sure. Yep. Uh, and and I think there's a chance to that because how many teams are going to stand in line to sign Rudy? Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point, I mean, especially given the injury and an Achilles injury is, you know, yeah, tricky. Yeah, it's like the ACLs aren't as severe as they once were. I feel like Achilles still have that uh, kind of the reputation of being career altering. Although Wes Matthews, you know, is playing pretty well, but it takes usually a full year after the injury to get back to your old form. Um, well, Wes is a shooter, though. He's yeah. just, just standing out there. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah, if you're, I would guess the slasher is going to have a slightly harder time, time coming yeah. back. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that would be a fun one. I, I think, you know, honestly, I think you're totally right that they need to figure out Drew Holiday situation first because re-signing him plus having Brow and Boogie on the roster, like you're coming close to being capped out, or at least right. in terms of like adding major impact players, once you get all three of those guys signed, you're going to be pushing up pretty hard against the cap, so that's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, I think you, you obviously just need more, like, wings and shooters. Uh, you know, especially now, the Pelicans, because they traded Evans, Galloway, and Heald, they are really light in terms of guards, so I'm not sure what they're going to do for the rest of this season. I think I saw someone report they were high on uh, Quinn Cook, who's in the D-League. But I think, oh, I like Quinn Cook. That's yeah. not, that's not bad. But I think, like, in terms of uh, guards, it's, correct me if I'm wrong now, but if it's just Holiday, uh, Tim Frazier, and Etwan Moore. So, like... Free Etwan! I know, I know. I'm excited for that. Yeah, so he should he should get some more run, and maybe they play Caspi at the two or something like that, yeah. or play Solomon Hill, so... You know, long term, they just need to fill out their backcourt around these two guys. Uh, Mata Yunus, I think it could be a fun, like, long term backup if he's willing to embrace that role. Uh, I, who is it? Chris Haynes is reporting they're looking to trade Terrence Jones now, which is a shame because uh, he has history. Oh, he played with uh, with Brow at Kentucky. You know, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me now. Like now that they have two superstars. New Orleans could be a free agent destination because it's a fun city, good weather. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm guessing the Cavs and the Warriors still get first crack at those guys who are like willing to, sign, you know, who are more talented than the biannual exception, but are willing to sign at a discount to play a championship. Because yeah, you know, I I don't know that the Pelicans are immediately championship contenders, but like especially given their Kentucky pedigree, would not surprise me at all if some like fellow Kentucky guys want to go to New Orleans, <laughs> you know, especially if Calipari goes there. So I don't think they're going to have much trouble building around them if they can figure out the cap constraints. Well, hell, I just had an idea. Yeah. There's a Kentucky guy currently playing pretty poorly who is in dire need of a relocation. His name is Brandon Knight. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He could probably be had fairly cheaply. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> He's, been very bad this year for the Suns. Yeah, he has. Yeah. But I don't think that's like a staple of his career. It's oh, yeah. more like an outlier. Yeah. Yeah, he was productive last year. 
uh, yeah, that would be Brandon Knight would be a fun one, especially if Holiday leaves or signs elsewhere. Uh, you know, that could be something the Pellies revisit come free agency. So, or Knight at the two. Oh yeah, I mean, look, they won't really have any size issues anyway. Right, they just got Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> right, and like, what what is uh, like Drew could ha- handle. The two guards uh, defending the two guard. Yeah. Because he's 6'4 and he's right. a strong defender. Yep. He, they could practically do like the Bulls to of old. Like when you had Kirk Heinrich playing the point guard position for the Bulls, guard mm-hmm. Ben Gordon's man, and then Ben Gordon guarded the one. Yeah. Like just switch. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fine. That's true. That's a good one. We should, uh, yeah, Del Demps, get back on the phone. I know you're probably out celebrating right now, but. Oh, still I think he's working. Made. I think he's working his ass off right now to actually build upon this. Yeah, I'm like, sure. Omir Ashik. I mean, he's probably oh, calling man. the Kings back up. Hey, yeah. you forgot Omir. <laughs> yeah, right. Amir, like yeah. Oh, Omir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you know, I, we railed on the Kings for good reason, but I want to present the glass half full side of things for Kings yeah. fans who are on. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Who are on so the verge I'm of just going to sit place. back and and let you go into fantasy land. Okay. All right, so I want to focus on, first, if there is any defense for the Kings trading Boogie, regardless of the value they got back for him. Like, obviously, if you get Jimmy Butler back, there's, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've been reading a couple pieces. You know, the Sacramento Kings TV announcer, uh, once the trade got announced, um, was did not hold back about Boogie and basically said, like, all oh, his teammates hated him. And he's been, like, a poison for the organization, so now they can move forward. Uh, Howard Beck of Bleacher Report, who's, you know, used to work for the New York Times, a very well-respected reporter, um, he he did not go as far as the Kings announcer, but he did write a column uh, today that said the Kings were the big winners of this deal because it allows them to move forward in terms of culture. So, you know, they... <laughs> They were fearful of committing so much money, especially this summer. They could give him a $200 million contract to a guy who already has 16 technical fouls before the All-Star break and is getting suspended for every other tech he's getting for the rest of the season. Um, You know, (laughs) Boogie has notoriously butted heads with uh, some of the past coaches, past teammates. I don't think, you know, if this was another franchise, I don't think we would be mocking them as mercilessly as we are now, I think because it's the Kings, uh, that's getting a little bit of, they're getting hammered harder for that. Um, that said, you know, the value was awful. I, I, I really have to imagine they could have gotten more if they held out. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Boogie necessarily you know, he has these character concerns and we talked about the Kevin Arnovitz piece from a couple weeks ago, which was really great about like what, where, where is the dysfunction stemming from? Is it boogie or is it the organization? And it's kind of like a chicken in the egg thing. Like it, I, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't think that boogie is guaranteed to be as dysfunctional in new Orleans as he is in as he was in Sacramento, I think, especially playing next to Brow, that's going to give him a lot more reason to not necessarily fall in line, but at least, like, you know, he's not the sole face of the franchise, so he's not going to get away with as much murder in New Orleans as he did in Sacramento, but also, like, 
he has a real teammate now, and he knows he's out of a completely dysfunctional organization. So, like, I think Boogie can thrive elsewhere. I just think he was never going to work in Sacramento. So for that reason, if Sacramento knows that and they're really that hesitant to build around him long term, I can understand trading him. And, you know, maybe, like, there have been reports out that they really love Buddy Heald for whatever reason. You know, this this will almost certainly ensure that their 2017 first-round pick does not go to the Bulls. It was owed to Chicago if it falls outside of the top 10. Um, and they were, I think they're 11th right now, so they've been, like, hovering in that range for most of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. So so now there's a you know pretty good shot they're going to get their own pick. They probably are going to implode uh, Sands Boogie for the rest of the year. So, like, you know, give or take, that pick will be in the, like, 6 to 8 range, Given how deep this draft class is, there is value there. They can get someone like Malik Monk there, Frank Nikolatina. You know, there is going to be value where they're picking. Um, and with that New Orleans pick, like, they have the tools to start a rebuild. My thing is, based on what we've seen from this Kings management, especially over the last couple of years, that's where I have no confidence moving forward. I just don't think <laughs> right. they, you know, they know what they're doing. Or even if they did, and they like, they say, "All right, we're gonna stick to a hard rebuild for three years, and we're not gonna rush things forward." A year from now, we don't know if that's the case. Right, I would agree with more or less everything there. And you just had to bring up the draft pick, right? Uh-huh. You just you just had to. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. yeah. No, well, because I mean, as a Sixers fan, like. This is the best thing that could have happened because, you know, it was when the reports came out that Boogie was going to sign that max five-year extension, it was like, oh, well, you know, that 2019 first-round pick is still going to be good because they're the Kings and they can't make the playoffs, but it's like that could be in the 10 to 14 range. Now that I, you know, knock on wood, I don't know how it's going to be outside of the top five. Like, that team's going to be really bad for a number of years, so... Sam Hinkie is like Nostradamus. Yeah, man. He keeps he literally keeps winning a year after being forced out of the organization. Like now there's a very <sighs> realistic chance that pick swap this year comes into play. And then that twenty nineteen first rounder. Like outside of the Nets picks owed to Boston, I don't think there's a single pick in the league that's more valuable that's already been traded than that twenty nineteen Kings pick. All thanks to Nick Stauskas. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. No, but like, all right. So you're absolutely right. I'm on the fence, um, or on the side of the fence that says it was the organization. Yeah, I do. I think I think Boogie. Of course, he had uh, some sort of responsibility in this, but he got off on the wrong foot with with the Kings almost immediately, or they did with him. They they really couldn't handle him, and then they started babying him and things just went out of hand early on and then they shuffled coaches just like i'm changing underwear (laughs) i mean that doesn't really help matters if you have a player who is looking for stability like right we we've talked about this before but i look i'd be remiss if i didn't bring it up again mike malone yeah Mm -hmm. here was a guy bookie you know found his coach you know yeah those two got along there was some mutual respect there and things worked out. 
Bookie got sick, so <laughs> right. the king sucked, and because of that, you're fired. Yeah, yeah. What? Like, how does that make any sense? That it doesn't. It, no. It's ridiculous and it's short sighted, and that's really how the kings operate. I mean, look, you, you have an owner who believes that you need like a legend of the club to run your business, <laughs> who doesn't even understand the NBA salary cap. Right. That's a similar concern I have about uh, Magic in Los Angeles, by the way. Yeah. Like, that 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 doesn't come like in a summer's time. Right. That takes years to understand. Right. Like the nuances of the CPA. Totally. Takes years, years, man. And here you have Lottie in who doesn't understand the simple, you know, the, the, what what was it that the he didn't understand about the salary cap? And, uh, the stretch provision and like the the matching of salaries and something yeah. like it was some like simple, simple stuff. Like, how does that even happen? That's right. like taking a guy in off the street, <laughs> right? You might no, be more really successful is. with that yeah. approach, yeah. Yeah. So, so I that that's why I am on Bookie's side in this. I think he was mismanaged enormously. And I've I've read Twitter and I've seen a lot of Kings fans going like, "Oh, we finally got the cancer out of here!" And yada yada right. yada. Yeah, you're gonna be surprised. Yeah, you're gonna be surprised because it's the same incompetent front office right. that's gonna handle your rebuilding process. So, good luck, Kings fans. Yeah. Or at least to those fans. Right. Because yeah. the, the, the guys who are like Tom Siller, who's crying right now, oh, I yeah. imagine. Oh, no. His, I feel so bad. Yeah, his column today was heartbreaking. I feel yeah, really... It was. I, I mean, Kings fans, if you need to like just peace out on the organization, come to the Sixers. Like We're going to use your picks for the next two, <laughs> two the next three yeah, years anyway. Yeah. So don't come can... to the Bulls, though. Right. Don't, don't come <laughs> to the Bulls. That's just going to make you even more sad. Like Because I have a feeling that... Gar Foreman saw this trade and he was like, "Hold my beer." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's all they could get for Boogie. Oh no, let's just take Terry Rogera, twenty twenty three second round pick for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Let's just get out before the price falls even lower. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're you're spot on. It's just that front office, like that was Howard Beck's column too. It was like. You know they're the winners because they don't have to deal with Boogie and they can't really fall any lower. But I'm like, nah, <laughs> Vlade and Vivek are still there, so they most certainly can fall lower. The only condolence to Kings fans is that they are literally not allowed to trade their 2018 first round pick because of the Stepien rule. Otherwise, right. like, <laughs> you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if they traded that for you know they switch directions once they see how bad they are without Boogie. Tried to trade that pick. <laughs> which they For probably matching beans. Yeah. Right. Well, they probably like, really, they probably don't even know they can't trade that pick yet. <laughs> like find out in negotiations a couple months down the line. Uh, so, so I actually have a quick question for you. Yeah. Should like, since the league intervened with the Chris Paul to Lakers trade, uh-huh. because, and they argued competitive balance. Sure. Should they consider denying this trade? Well, the only reason they got involved in that was because they owned the yeah, Hornets owned at the, the time. Team. So I think because of that, that's why they did that. So I don't think yeah. they can do it with the Kings. That said, I would love to real uh, find out why they haven't called Jerry Colangelo and been like, hey, this franchise has no direction. Why don't you come help them out as a special advisor? Like if the... <laughs> If the Sixers got that treatment after, like, trading, you know, accepting a salary dump with these picks attached last year yep. with the Kings, like, where's the league intervention there? So, no, I don't think they, they cancel the trade, but 
I do think it's time for a Colangelo to intervene. If they want Brian, they can go right ahead and take him. We'll, we'll just happily take Sam Hinkie back. This was a Gasol trade, like the, the yeah. how Gasol to Lakers trade. Right. And uh, unlike, uh, there isn't a hidden Mark Gasol in, in this <laughs> Right. Well, maybe Buddy Heald. We'll see. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> By the way, it's kind of romantic. The Kings practically ended up where they started out with Tyreek Evans. Yeah. Now they have Tyreek. They <laughs> yeah. have a senior in Buddy Heald, which you could sort of put a Jimmer for debt tag on. Oh, God. They're, they're basically where they started out, just without Cousins. <laughs> So the Kings just turned into what their 2009 version. That sounds right. So I, I do want to try to spin a little bit more silver lining here, uh, because I do think Willie Cauley Stein could be productive in bigger minutes. Like he was coming on lately, even with Cousins in the lineup. Now there's talk of him. I think Wojnarowski reported that he's going to be their starting center from this point forward. Yeah. Um, you know, he's fun. Like, he's he's a good defensive player. His offensive game is a little bit starting to come around. Like, <laughs> luckily, the Kings were preparing for this moment in the last two drafts by only selecting big men between Kali Stein and Papianis and Skull. Like, they're, they're good. They've got a bunch of bigs. Now they have about 18 shooting guards if they don't wave Langston Galloway, which there is rumored... You know, I think Woj said they might do that, or if they don't waive Tyreek, because they also have Ben McLemore, Aaron Aflalo, Malachi Richardson, and now Buddy Heald. So you have to figure more moves are coming on that end. Um, but I do I, I do think Willie Cauley-Stein could be one of the underrated winners of this deal, just in that, like, I, I think he is a productive NBA player. Frankly, I think, you know, because Rudy Gay is hurt, I think Willie Cauley-Stein is probably the best player on that roster right now. Ooh. Which, yeah, I know. <laughs> which, which He's playing 13 minutes a game. I, He's like, I know. but like in trouble. At, like, look at that depth chart and tell me who's better on that roster. Like, I mean, maybe you could argue Darren Collison and Ty Lawson yeah, are. I was about to see. But yeah. they're going to, you know, both are free agents in July. Like, which right, right. theoretical building block is better than Cauley-Stein? Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Like looking at that raw I may you know, maybe Malachi Richardson. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Right. If he finds that I mean he was he's a pretty good jump shooter. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like Oh god. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. This this is really this is really a bad job. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's what I'm left with. I, I'm kinda hoping just because of the, the, the Bulls pick, um or the, the Kings pick that they owe the Bulls. Uh huh. That Tyreek Evans just goes ape. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, that would be so fitting if, like, because they made this move in theory to protect that pick. So if they right. if they finish at eleven, or if like a team, you know, they finish at ten, but like the thirteenth place team jumps them into the top three and pushes them to eleven. Oh right. god, that would be that would be perfect, oh. and that's that's karma as well. Like, <laughs> there is a level of karma that needs to be induced here. I mean, yeah. just saying, no. Uh, Look, when we when I, I woke up to this trade, mm-hmm. and as did you because you were drunk off your ass, right? Yeah. Because that's how you celebrate, yeah. All Star. Yep, yep, <laughs> sure is. And you wrote me like in a in a daze. Is this right? I know. Is this is this happening? Yeah. Like, and I woke up to it as well. I I wasn't drunk, but I was like, 
I probably should be. I think it should be because yeah. that that didn't make a lick of sense. And I was like waiting for the other shooter rob. I was like I was going through like my suggested tweets because I, I've been offline for so many hours. Sure. And I thought, oh, okay. So they're changing. Uh, I'm I'm probably missing some details. I'll just scroll scroll through uh, through the feed. I'll go to Vogue. I'll go to all these sources, and it just hit me like, nope. There is mm-hmm. no additional tweet. Yep. There is no additional asset. That is that is going to be moved. I, I, are you kidding me? Is this it? What? I know. Not, not even Drew Holiday. I know. Right. Exactly. I, I was like, but what about like what other? There's at least two first round picks that they got, right? Like. Yeah. 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 It was all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't want to make Kings fans feel too bad. So we, we can. I I want to move on to two more questions here. Yeah. Uh, okay. First. There are reports that New Orleans made this trade without consulting Boogie or his agents, which means they are not, they, you know, I think Ramona Shelburne was the one who said they are privately confident in their ability to re-sign him, but they have not consulted Boogie or his agents about whether he will sign, uh, re-sign there uh, as a free agent in 2018. So do you think they should have made this move and given up Buddy Heels? And you know their pick this year, without the assurances that he will resign there a year and a half from now. Because the price was so low, mm-hmm. I have no problem yeah. with it whatsoever. And I think that's the logic they applied as well. Like they looked at that deal, they were like, "Who gives a crap? Like let's let's cross that bridge when we get there. This this offer is too good for us to pass down or to pass up right now. Right. I mean, it's it's so." lopsided in our favor (laughs) so let's just do it and let's see what happens like that's but of course like they could have made a phone call like (laughs) it's it's a phone call and i'm pretty sure that they're probably going to talk right now they're probably talking right now actually Mm -hmm. and if it really depends on what happens on the court yeah at the end of the day you talk is cheap Mm -hmm. like even if boogie was like hey you know what i would i would like to resign here at the end of the day if things just got mugged up, then he probably wouldn't, and he would change his mind. So it doesn't really matter. It just depends on whether they can play together, and I I think they can. And I think most of all, Bookie's going to enjoy this. Yeah. I think he's going to feel liberated. He might not feel liberated right now because he was looking forward to the two hundred million dollars, and he was like, he was he he, he loved Sacramento. Right. He's, I mean, we should kind of remember to say that. He, yeah. He loved Sacramento. Right. I mean, he really did. So it's going to take some time for him to adjust. But at the end of the day, I think he is going to absolutely love being free of all the madness. Yeah. Like, and you have Anthony Davis alongside you. Yeah. Like, you are in no position to be upset right now. Right. Exactly. I'm with you. Uh, you know, I did see a column, I forget from who, uh, just, you know, circulating on Twitter either last night or this morning that was kind of saying, like, you know, if if he leaves in 2018, this is a disaster and Del Dem should be fired. And I'm with you. Like the price was so low, no. that like <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, you just you so rarely get a chance to have two top ten players on the same roster, and if you're paying that little for that chance, even if there's only like, even if the odds are fifty fifty that he resigns there in two years, you have to make that play because otherwise, mm. like you know, we talked about it earlier, the Pelicans didn't really have a way out of their mess. They didn't there was no like avenue to add a player of Cousins caliber in free agency unless I mean they got you know maybe maybe Chris Paul really does miss New Orleans, but aside from that, like they 
they weren't going to get a player of DeMarcus Cousins' caliber unless they had a trade. And they didn't have the assets to pull off a superstar trade, or so we thought. It was just the Kings got desperate, or something happened behind the scenes, and they decided to move on from him. So yeah, I'm with you 100%. Ideally, you would like that assurance, but even if you don't have it, you have to try. Hope he likes it. You know, you've got a year and a half to sell him on your organization, so it's not, Mm. again, it's not like a two-month rental. Um, You've got plenty of time. And, you know, I think him just being free of the dysfunction in Sacramento, as you said, is going to make him really (laughs) appreciate playing basketball again. So we're on the same page there. Uh, so now, the last question that's uh, you know floating around there on Twitter today, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of how this may have been the first domino in terms of unintended consequences from the new CBA, because you know under the new uh, agreement, a team can offer a player a designated ve- veteran player uh, extension which would, for the Kings, would have been like five years and slightly north of $200 million for Boogie. So it sounds like they were hesitant to give him that much money, and that kind of pressured them into trading him while they still could get at least, you know, they didn't get much value for him, but they got something in return for him, rather than like having to sign him to that huge contract. So do you think this is kind of... You know that 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 DP is going to have unintended consequences moving forward. Do you see this situation being replicated elsewhere, or do you think this is a one-time anomaly based on all of the other baggage that Boogie and Sacramento had? That's a big question, there, Bri. Because I mean, we we've yet to really hit that time of the year where we're we're going to see these mega contracts. Mm-hmm. Like this is a whole new ball game uh, in terms of how you manage the cap. How much you know players can earn? Think about like Mike Conley signed the richest deal uh, for 145 million, right? I think it was like 150 or so, yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. All like, right, but but if, if, even if it was 150, like 200 million, that's an additional <laughs> 50 million. Right. I think I think at the end of the day, teams are a little bit hesitant. Yeah. I, I think there are uh, some teams are not not all. I think there are a lot of geniuses out there in the organizations who understand well this is just how the wind blows and the tv deals just done this and there's plenty of cap space there it isn't a concern Mm -hmm. which it isn't it's just i mean everything is as it was it was just the in in very it's it's inflated prices now right it's inflated salaries and inflated caps so the percentages remain the same right it's just because when you look on a paper on paper 200 million dollars it kind of stands out and i think the king's yeah, because of Boogie, because of all the dysfunction that's been there. I mean, obviously they were hesitant. I think the same would be applicable to the Bulls and Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. because because when you are eligible for two hundred million, you are in in your in the age range of about twenty six to twenty eight, yeah, mm-hmm. ish in that area, right? And then if you sign for five, yeah, then at the end of the day you're gonna be thirty two, right? 33 yep. maybe mm-hmm. and no one wants to pay a guy like yeah what is that gonna come out to 40 plus million yeah right exactly when they're 33 yeah so i i do think there's a slight concern about that and it, it wouldn't surprise me to see more teams apply this logic but we don't know yet right. i mean at you know it, it, 
this whole cap situation, it's so new to, to all of us. We have to like understand it. You have no idea how many questions I got like last year from, from all uh, the, my Danish followers. And they were like, you know, hey, that's that's overpaying. Like the, how, how could a guy like each one more get eight? <laughs> right. It doesn't make sense. That's, that's for almost an all-star. I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Look at the percentages. Right. Look at the percentages. That, I mean, it's just a whole new way of thinking. Um, I would have done it for Bookie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would because the talent is undeniable. Yeah. And I mean... He can't right now, so <laughs> New Orleans kind of lucked out on that one. Right, yeah. So as you as you alluded to, uh, that's only you can only get give that to guys who you either traded for on their rookie deal or who have been with your team for the entire time. So and yeah. it's only two guys I think coming out of the eighth and ninth year of their uh, NBA service. So it's like a very very small pool of players. Um, Assuming Paul George is on an NBA all NBA team this year, he's going to be, probably be the next test case this summer uh, because he will be eligible for such an extension. And I think there was a story that broke during All Star break that he wouldn't commit to doing it just yet because uh, he was saying like, you know, I want to play for a winner, I want to play for a contender. And he, earlier this season, he frust- or voiced his frustration with Indiana. It seems like he put that on the back burner temporarily, but. You know, I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, when you when the reports of that first came out, first it was like, oh, well, it's, you know, such a small player pool that it's not really going to affect all that many franchises. But the theory was it's going to help franchises retain their superstars. But if it's like, if they see that price tag and wince and like, decide hey you know as you mentioned like i don't want to be paying a guy 45 million dollars when he's 33 years old then is it really going to be helping these teams retain these guys or is there going to be some bad blood i don't think they have to offer the full 35 percent like they could offer 32 and a half percent of the cap but is that going to generate bad blood in you know in extension negotiations first world problem yeah right i mean honestly 32 and a half or 35 like that is so much money on a huge cap anyway i mean it yeah no i get it like you want to get your money's worth you're a player you get marketed and you probably bring in a whole lot more money than you're earning Mm -hmm. so look i get it it's just we are in in a ballpark that i never for the life of me thought we'd be in right 200 million dollar contract i remember when kobe signed his 136.4 million dollar contract mm-hmm. back with the Lakers I think it was 2004 something like that no maybe maybe a little bit later 2006 I don't know but when he signed that it was like an explosion went off in the entire league like 136.4 million dollars like it was Kobe Bryant though right. so you kind of understood it but it was like that's a Michael Jordan deal yeah, right, right. in terms of how, how rich it was and and now you're looking at guys who aren't the best player in the league, who's like easily going to get a two hundred million dollar contract. And you said North because it could be like two ten. Yeah, I mean it's going to so, go up with the cap. So you know, yeah. if the cap goes up to one hundred twenty million by twenty twenty, which I think is was floating around there as a projection, like right. I haven't done the math, but just you got to figure that's probably pushing. 225 230 maybe 250 like 
there, there are going to be enormous sums of money floating around. So a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. Like here, that's that's kind of my point. This is going to be an adjustment period. I think a lot of owners are also looking at themselves in the mirror and going, "Ooh, these are big numbers." Right. Like we're getting a lot of money in, but these these are big deals. So we have to think twice. This is a lot, a lot of money that we have to like dangle with. Yeah. But have you noticed like so many teams now? Almost like a play on the court is you have to shoot threes and you have to get layups. It's almost like in today's NBA, you have max guys and then you have minimum guys. Like mm-hmm. the mid-range guy, he is more or less dead. Yeah, they're getting like, priced out. You won't out. find them. Yeah. yeah. Aside from, like, there were the smart teams like the Pelicans who signed Etwan to $8 million a year and to Solomon right. Hill for, like, $12 million a year. So, like, those guys do exist, but they are definitely shrinking uh, in number. Because you have, you know, you have the Lakers who are paying Timothy Mozgov $16 million a year and giving Luol Deng four years $72 million. This back beyond in Orlando is getting $18 million a year. So it's like there is definitely more uh, disparity between the, the highly paid guys and the not highly paid guys. I'm wondering if, you know, now we're kind of we're approaching the territory where uh, the percentages will catch up with the cap. Like, there's not going to be a $24 million jump in the salary cap every year. So, like, right. after a couple more years, we might return to some sense of normalcy where, like, you know, the LeBron Jameses and Kevin Durant's of the world get their 35%. There are more guys back into that middle range, which will still be more money, but, like, the mm. middle range will now be 10 to 15 million whereas like percentage wise tied to the cap that would have been six to eight a couple years ago so yeah let's hope so just just to give some other people a a shot at at a decent deal as well right because right now the way the gms are looking for for guys is very Sam Hinky like like the yeah. Robert Covington deal right right like right. They, they find these undrafted guys and they they're going to them like hey you know what I want to sign you for four years and these guys who are not like on the NBA radar, generally speaking, yeah. are like four years, really? Yep, four million, four years, four million dollars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll sign up for that. Yeah, and then suddenly they are outperforming. I mean, like, what is what is Rob going to sign for? Fifteen? Yeah, I mean, definitely like easy, eight right? figures. There is no question. Yeah. or he should. I mean, I selfishly, I hope you know, I hope the Sixers can retain him for as little as possible. But yeah, I mean, even look at a guy like TJ McConnell. Same deal, like, T.J. Right. McConnell is, you know, probably, if Matthew Delavidova got, what, four years, 30 million, like, yeah. T.J.'s probably in line for a deal similar in size, but he's signed now, I think, for two more years for probably a million bucks every year, so, yeah, yeah it's definitely the, the CBA, you know, it doesn't actually go into effect until July, so we will just have to wait and see how it affects things, but if this boogie situation was any indication... Uh, we need to keep a close eye on how that affects negotiations, especially for superstars moving forward. Because, you know, selfishly, again, for the Sixers' purposes, I was thinking, hey, it's, you know, now they can retain Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But if they're suddenly scared to give Embiid $250 because he can't stay healthy for a full season, uh, <laughs> those those negotiations get a little trickier. So, Mort, any final thoughts uh, on this any aspect of this trade before we wrap up? Well, just to comment, really, um, 
Dell Demps, uh, he's pro- he's obviously going to be a candidate for Executive of, of the Year award. <laughs> but yeah. I think we need to put in a clause in that in in that award saying that if you ripped off the Kings, <laughs> it doesn't really qualify, right? Because everyone can do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now the Kings don't have anything more they can be ripped off at. So like they are the most empty organization right now. I mean, what kind of assets outside of some draft picks do they have? Yeah. Like and they don't even have been they I mean the, they don't have control of their 2017 or 2019 first. So the earliest they could trade is 2021. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they are right there with Brooklyn in terms of um asset poor organizations <laughs> but at least brooklyn has brooke lopez so once you know if if and when brooklyn trades lopez possibly by thursday uh it's going to be a fun competition to measure who has the sadder <laughs> the sadder future the kings of the nets but i would choose the kings because i have more faith in sean marks to oh definitely you know he made some... like he has the creativity right. to actually play the restricted free agency market yeah like Vladi divas he's probably asking what a restricted free agent is <laughs> right. Yeah, I, uh, I, I. So I think let's just wrap this up by saying, Kings fans, we are so sorry for you. You deserve yeah. better than this. You have been some of the most loyal fans of any organization, especially based on what they continue to put you through. For you to stick with them says more about your character than just anything. So again, condolences. If you want a new bandwagon, come to the Sixers. You can enjoy Markel Fultz with us because you probably gave him to us. Uh, but otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> You're a cruel little man right now. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, uh, we'll wrap things up here. Thanks again uh, for listening to the NBA Podcast. Just a reminder to follow us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. You can find all three of our Twitter handles in there as well. So give us a follow. Again, uh, we are on iTunes as well, so please be sure to subscribe, to download, to leave us some reviews. We'd love any feedback. Uh, and Kings fans, please don't hate us for how how mean we were at parts of this. We really tried to be nice, but it was pretty hard. Uh, and again, we're being hosted on FanRag Sports this year, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports. And for their NBA content, at FanRag NBA, we will have a lot uh, on this boogie trade in particular, I have a column up right now about the fantasy basketball implications of the trade. So if you want to, if you're a fantasy player, uh, go pick up Willie Cauley Stein and Buddy Heald. But otherwise, go check out the column. Uh, as always, I'm Brian Taporic and Mort. Thanks for joining me in this emergency pod. Hopefully, we don't have a Jimmy Butler one in the coming days. Well, if the deal is okay, I wouldn't mind, but I just kind of doubted that it is. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. We forgot to talk about Danny Age, but we'll we'll do that next time because ne- we're we're both uh, assuming this has now emboldened him to offer nothing more than Terry Rozier in any trade for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boy. Take yeah. care. Likewise, Brian. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and more, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. 
Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & more. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store at Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.